Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Stage Coaching Podcast, where I help artists successfully navigate the pressures of their entrepreneurial careers. This is professional certified mindfulness coach Evan Dunbaritone, and you are listening to episode 82. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. Thank you so much for joining with me. I had such a fun time this week. I was getting ready for the audition course for high schoolers and getting it up and running um, planning the course, getting kids involved, and I've got a great group of kids who are wanting to take their mindfulness to the next level, and they want to feel less stress and more joy about their singing, about their auditioning, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. While I was doing that, I took a bit of a hiatus from social media, which has been super nice, <laughs> and um, I also got cast in a production of um, Sound of Music as the captain. So I'm really excited about that. I was preparing and rehearsing the captain when it got shut down, um, obviously due to COVID. So I'm excited. I get to work on my acting skills. It's not as much of a sing as um, even lots of musical theater roles. So kind of hone in on my acting skills, pull out my copy of Michael Shirtliff's audition. And this time I'm going to get to perform the role. So I'm excited. So it was interesting after kind of these busy things throughout the week, knowing exactly what I was working on and working so hard. When I woke up this morning, I wasn't exactly sure what to work on. And I had just spent the last week and a half feverishly doing all these projects. And I got them to where I wanted to to where I wanted to be, but I didn't know about today. <laughs> My mind felt like a tornado. And it was just running around and um, I was unsettled, like, you know, just not focusing on, on anything in particular. So I took out my trusty journal as I do and I sat down and I did my morning pages. I got my thoughts out onto the page. I noticed what I was thinking, which is such an important step because half the time we don't even know what we're thinking. I mean, sometimes we can tell what we're feeling. Even that's kind of muddy a lot of times, but just to even know the thoughts that are running through our brains, sometimes it takes some stillness, some mindfulness. And then I did some Byron Katie, the work. I started inquiring after my thoughts and I was able to process some emotions, discover some of my unhelpful thoughts and come up with some plans for what I'd like to do for myself today. And you know what? The more I train myself emotionally and mentally, the stronger I get at it. But when I get overwhelmed, which we'll talk about overwhelm again later on in the episode, how it's kind of my go-to emotion. When I do get overwhelmed, it's so nice to know that I have specific skills that I can utilize to help me to make clearer decisions instead of just kind of running around in the tornado and hoping for the best. So today, I want to talk with you about the path in the grass. 
And um, you probably can envision what I'm talking about. It's when people walk the same path so often through a patch of grass that the grass stops growing and it becomes a path of dirt instead. And this is really how habits are formed in our minds. The more often we think something or the more often that we do something, the more that that path uh, in the grass is formed and it becomes easier and easier to keep going down the path. And it's the same thing um, when it comes to our biases and specifically racial biases, right? I mean, so glad that this is coming to the forefront of our attention, um, that so many people are learning about racial biases. And biases are formed from thinking a thought, practicing it, and then believing it for long enough that we don't even realize that there could be a different thought to believe, Okay, And luckily, there are more conversations going on about um, all of our biases because we all have them and what we can do about them. We're realizing we can't just casually undo racist biases from our thought patterns. I know growing up that the message I felt I understood was that racism was bad, of course, but that it's almost like I was taught to ignore it. Not that anyone told me that specifically, but that was just kind of what I understood. Like as long as I wasn't specifically targeting people of color, then I wasn't a racist, right? And I'm so grateful that we are learning that that is not true. And the only way to undo biases since they have been practiced over and over like the path in the grass is to actively discover the thoughts, disprove them, and then create new thoughts that are more helpful. If you constantly walk the path of discrimination, even in small ways, the pathway grows stronger in your mind. It becomes a habit, just like the pathway in the grass, how it becomes more and more distinct over time, okay? This is really just how humans work. And any belief pattern that you have is formed this way and can be unformed in the same way. It can be questioned, any belief, and you can create a new belief in your mind. Isn't that amazing? But of course, it doesn't just happen like that. (laughs) That's because our brains are built to hold onto practice patterning and habits to make our lives run smoother so we don't have to make so many conscious decisions every second of the day. So yes, I am incredibly happy for all of you, so grateful for all the work that you're doing to be better in society, to have better relationships with people who look and live differently than you do, and actively dismantling the biases that you have. But what about your relationship with yourself? (laughs) I have worked with so many people who believe a story of themselves that they've told And they believe it so strongly that they don't see a way to believe anything else. And one way that this looks is that they've practiced believing and finding evidence for how lazy they are or for how unskilled they are, how stupid they are, how ugly ugly they are, how socially awkward they are, etc. They have practiced believing it for so long that they really believe these stories even if they could spend the same amount of time and find evidence to the contrary, maybe even more evidence to the contrary. But because they have searched for this evidence, this is what they found. This is the pathway they formed in their brains, in the the grass, so to speak. And this is what they believe. 
In fact, I was coaching someone this week, and she was worried about trying to change the way that she spoke to herself because what if it's just not true? You know, and we were talking specifically about her singing career. Like, what if the singing career just isn't supposed to happen? What if it's just not true that it's supposed to happen? Then why would I want to change my thought pattern about it? And my heart broke for her because she believed negative messages about her abilities and her value for so long that it seemed completely impossible for her to change her perspective. And honestly, to me, it's almost irrelevant whether she can or cannot make it in this career because honestly, there's no way to really know that. I mean, there's not, there's so many different ways of singing and being successful as a singer that it's, it's not possible to even know that. And, but if you believe the limiting beliefs, then you'll always limit yourself and you'll never find out if it's possible for you. So from her perspective, just very limiting. And and I was so sad for her. And now you all might know this already, but I want to make sure that I clearly say that I'm not necessarily speaking about positive messages to yourself because, quote, positive messages, those aren't always the most helpful thing. Like if you say to yourself, I'm the best singer in the world, I'm the best singer in the world, this might seem like a positive message at first glance, but deep down, most of us know that it's not really true. It's not quantifiable. It means nothing. It becomes like a pretty toxic statement to say for yourself. And so it's not very helpful. (laughs) So I'm not just talking about saying positive things. I'm talking about, and I'm definitely not talking about pretending, right? Pretending to believe positive statements or downright lies. I'm talking about learning to question your thoughts, learning to question what you think is your reality, and then process your emotions healthily so that you can actually see your reality more clearly, right? So with this client that I was working with, what I want her to see is not I'm going to be the world's best singer. That's not really helpful. What I want her to see is that if I'm believing the fear and the negativity that I have believed for so long, this pattern of grass that I've walked over and over and over, then I'm most likely going to limit myself to where I'll become a self-fulfilling prophecy, that I won't be able to have a successful career, even if I might have been able to had I believed something else. And also, maybe she will end up having a career, even with her fear and her negative beliefs, but she'll make herself suffer every step along the way because she'll be an imposter and she'll be stressed and all of that. So that's just not the ideal situation that I would want for you. It's definitely not the ideal situation that I want for myself. It's not the ideal situation that I want for this particular client. And so remember, everybody, if you're thinking distorted thoughts, you are not seeing the world clearly. So it doesn't matter what the truth is or isn't as long as you are believing limiting thoughts. Okay, so. Another way that I want you to think about this is by asking yourself this question. What biases do you have against yourself? We've started recognizing our biases about other people around us, and and we'll keep talking about that as well, how this relates. But what biases do you have against yourself? So let me go back um, to, again, like I said, how you see other people. I was on a walk this week, and I was just observing people. 
And I have practiced trying to to look at random strangers and see them for who they really are. I try to see them as people with hopes and dreams and passions and also struggles and emotions, just trying to have empathy for everybody. And I see them as equals and that they have uh, this beautiful light to share with the world. And I work to see each person as someone with value who's trying to do the best that they know how to do, regardless of whether it's the same thing that I would choose to do or not, right? So even though I do practice this on a regular basis, I still fall, find myself falling back into that old thinking pattern that of that path in the grass. And I start judging how someone looks or something that I hear them say. And I imagine that maybe I'm better than they are because I do it differently. Or that if only they knew what I knew that, or if they could do what I do, then they would have more value. Now, how helpful are these thoughts? Well, first of all, are they even true? Is it true that anyone around me is of less value or more value than I am? No. Is it true that if someone doesn't know something that I know, or more accurately, that they know different things than I know and have a different skill set than I do, does that mean that they are a lesser or a greater human? Of course not. What if they dress differently or worship differently or have different skin color or they walk differently or maybe they don't walk at all, et cetera, et cetera. I know, honestly, when you think of it like that, it sounds like nonsense, right? You stop to think about it and you're like, yeah, I I don't believe that. But we continue to go around and kind of believe this thought oftentimes as we're looking at people. So you can probably see that these thoughts about other people are not true and that they're not helpful. And if you want to understand other perspectives and authentically connect with people around you, broaden your worldview, build strong relationships, then judging others is not helpful. But again, I will ask you, what biases do you have against yourself? Are they similar to the biases you might have um, about other people? In what ways are you not good enough or you don't look right or you don't know enough, you aren't worthy, etc.? Maybe you don't like the way you look, you hate your hair or you don't feel like you know how to do your hair well enough. Or maybe your body shape bugs you or you wish that you knew more about exercising or something. Or you hate your voice, you think that you'll never be good enough and if only you were, you know, fill in the blank. Or if only you could sing such and such a thing, then everything would be better. I do I do know I have to be careful of myself in this trap because I'm like, when I can sing a perfectly consistent G, then everything will be great. <laughs> so how do your biases against yourself affect you? I know how they affect me. <laughs> well, because they mean a whole lot of things that they don't need to mean. Like, because I don't always have a perfectly consistent G, then I am less worthy. I make it mean something that it doesn't need to mean. And maybe it's true that you don't know as much as you'd like. That's why we're always trying to learn and develop and grow, right? But who decided that means that you're less valuable when you don't know as much? Sure, go out and learn more. But the more that you learn, your value does not increase. Your voice gets more developed, but your value stays the same. You get a nose job, but your 
as worthy as you ever were. You know what I mean? And here's the other thing. Let's say you hate your voice and you believe that thought that your voice is just not good enough or for whatever reason. Do you honestly think that you will magically start loving your voice just because you start getting work? (laughs) Nope. You'll bring that same grass path thinking into whatever life you're in, right? And you will continue to think what you always thought. The circumstances around you might change, but you're going to just keep believing that thought pattern because that's your habit. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute. But this is why... I still have to work with my biased thinking about productivity and achievement and perfection. And this is why I still get overwhelmed. You know, I mentioned earlier how I have to do this work on myself. And that's because my go-to grass pattern emotion is very often overwhelm. And I'm sure you have grass pattern feelings as well. For many of you, it could be like the blues. You wake up and you just feel crummy and sad and you're probably often you aren't even sure why (laughs) you know what I mean in fact you have to stop and think about why you even feel the way that you do sometimes because you know you're trying to find something to blame it on like why do I feel like this I mean maybe maybe I'm a little sad about work or maybe that you know I'm just not sure I just feel sad oh You know, it's just hard to even put a finger on. But what is really going on in most circumstances is that you have practiced feeling that emotion for so long that it has become ingrained in your psyche. It's a path in the grass. So if your brain isn't told where to go, it'll just keep following the same habitual patterning that you have. And if that is the blues, then you'll feel that so much more often. And if it's overwhelm, then let me tell you about how much you'll get to (laughs) play with overwhelm. And not that feeling sadness or the blues is never a helpful emotion. Certainly there are healthy times to be mourning, the loss of a loved one, um, you know, losing a job, whatever it is, you know, all these different things that we can mourn. But when it becomes your go-to feeling, it's probably causing you to not show up fully in the world, in your relationships, in your career, for yourself. You know, you wake up and you feel sad. You're less likely to go out there and feel motivated and feel strong and powerful. You know what I mean? So you can definitely continue to feel any feelings you want. All I'm saying is that just because you are used to feeling something doesn't mean you need to keep feeling it all the time. There might be more helpful emotions for you to experience, some helpful emotions that motivate you, that empower you, and they are available for you if you choose to develop them, choose to develop a new pattern in the grass. So yes, I still have this grass path in my mind for overwhelm of thinking that there's always more that I should be doing. It's like there's this imaginary God figure that's following me around with a checklist. And the checklist is like every, it's like a minute by minute list of everything that I should be doing throughout the day. But what if I screw up and I'm not doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing every second? And that's what my brain wants to go to. That's kind of its typical 
pattern. And I imagine in my brain that even if I worked 100 hours in a day, that it's not enough. <laughs> uh, it's joyful <laughs> and challenging to work on this. So I get to keep practicing and developing new, more helpful and truer thoughts in my life. Is it true that if I work 100 hours in a day that I should be working even more? <laughs> how helpful could that possibly be for me? Or how helpful is it really to just feel totally sad 80% of your life? You know, it's a, it's a process to learn these things and it can be a totally joyful process. And I'm grateful for my journey. I have to say that I really am because each step that I take to be more mindful brings me more joy and more depth of experience to my life. And that's exactly what I hope for you. Yes, please continue to work on embracing other people. Please do that. Create strong relationships with them. Learn from them. But I also hope that you can build a stronger, more caring, totally trusting and joyful relationship with yourself. I know it's not easy. It takes a lot of work, just like overcoming your biases, overcoming a habit. But it's time. It's time to overcome your biases about yourself. And guess what? You are the only one who can do this for yourself. Your career won't do it for you. It doesn't matter how much success you have. If you continue to believe the same patterns, if you can continue to fall into the same go-to feelings, you know, you'll just continue to feel it regardless of how successful you are in your career. Your partner can't do it for you. It doesn't matter what they say or how they treat you or what they give you. The weather cannot do this for you. The government cannot do it for you. It's your journey. So let's start creating a new pathway for you, a new pathway in the grass, a new pathway in your mind to new thoughts, new feelings, new experiences, and totally different results. Head on over to evandunn.com and sign up for a free sample session. You'll be so grateful that you did. Stop waiting in the wings. The world needs your voice. So go out and take the stage, my friends. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 